Imagine is our theme on Soul Talks today. We're so glad you've joined us. We're Bill and Christy Galtier, the founders of Soul Shepherding. We teach you to thrive with Jesus in life and leadership. One way we do this is through the practice of Ignatian meditation, in which we imagine ourselves in the gospel passage. God wants to do for you more than you can imagine. As Paul says in Ephesians 3.20, the Lord uses the Bible and our soul talks with other Christ followers to minister the grace of Christ to us. If you and your friends want to experience this fresh and prayerful approach to Bible reading, go to the store on soulshepherding.org and download a copy of our popular Ignatian Meditation Guides. Hello, friends. Welcome to Soul Talks. We especially want to say hi to our new friends at Radiant Church in Visalia, California. We were there for a Four days of ministry, especially working with pastors Travis and Tiffany Aiklin and their staff, but we did a variety of ministry activities there. It was very fun, Christy. Yeah, such a privilege to be with the people there, just so growing in Christ and love with Christ, such a vibrant community. It's really a privilege to see God at work and his church around the world, and it was a joy. So welcome to Soul Talks Radiant Church community. We are thrilled to have you join us. We love being with you and just love the way that you are pressing in close to Jesus to grow in Jesus. We had good discussions around soul care, caring for your soul, joining Jesus with that, and around spiritual disciplines, and then Egram. I think my highlight was preaching with you on Sunday morning, two services, coming out of Matthew 11 and Jesus' invitation for us to join him in the Father and Son intimacies and knowledge, and then working with the different groups, the elders and deacons, the staff, and the uh, Saturday workshop. It was a a full weekend full of of Jesus and the Holy Spirit and community, and Visalia is a great community. Really, really enjoyed hanging out there. Yeah, as we left the people at Radiant, I, I felt grief, you know, and I, I had a little bit of an experience. It must be like Paul, you know, I'm carrying them still in my heart and um, praying for them and, and rejoicing and remembering them and their love for Christ in the ways they're pressing in close to him. And then just being with the staff on Monday morning and getting to practice what, you know, what we've they've been learning and what they've been getting teaching on and the spiritual disciplines and just enter in and do a meditation time together on Psalm 131 and hear their response and see them just letting, giving God access to their souls. Yeah, you know, so often we who are Christian teachers, we will sort of guide people to uh, spend some time in their devotions uh, in, in quiet or practicing a discipline but so often we're, we're talking about it rather than doing it. Yeah. So something in soul shepherding that we really like to do is, to, well, let's do the stuff together. Yeah. <laughs> and so we, we were all seated there at a staff of a little over 20 people, and we, we, we did uh, meditation uh, in Scripture. Just so loved the way that Travis opened that time on Monday with his staff of a time of prayer and celebration, recounting the things God had done over the weekend, because there was a lot going on there, and just to take time to be intentional to celebrate that and thank the Lord and praise the Lord in that, and then the spacious time that he allowed and made space for with his staff to, to let the Lord minister to them through this meditation time we led. Yeah, we were quiet in the Word together. We imagined ourselves in the passage like Ignatius taught back in the 16th century, and we had space for soul talk and praying for each other. It was a very rich time. It was. Well, you know, Ignatian meditation is what we're going to talk about today. We're going to 
do a series here this summer on meditation. And one of the things we need to remember is Ignatian wasn't the first to do this. Jesus did this, and David did this in the Psalms. I mean, this is all over Scripture. You see that much of the Psalms come out of, you know, the psalmist's imagination, right? And Jesus, in his teachings of the parable, engaged us in our imagination. That's so much of language and thought is that. Yeah, and the way the the Gospels work is there's so many stories about the life of Jesus, many different uh, healings and interactions that he has with people. And already the gospel writers are setting these up for us as an opportunity for us to imagine ourselves in that story and to draw insight uh, and application to our life from the uh, teaching and life and ministry of Jesus. And uh, the uh, John in his gospel especially does this. He refers to Jesus' miracles as signs. They're, they're God-revealing, God-pointing acts. And so the, the, the miracles of Jesus are not only about the healing or deliverance that he does for that particular person or group, but they're very much meant to be invitations for us today to receive the touch of the Lord uh, in our bodies, in our souls, and to grow in our discipleship to Jesus. So much of our thinking comes out of imagination. We don't really stop to think about our process of thinking and how much, how critical the imagination is involved in that. But even creative thinking or problem solving, oftentimes we're engaging in the use of our imagination to do that. And even as you talked about John, I'm thinking even in the Gospel of John and the different names for God that John mm-hmm. uses, you know, when we hear about Jesus being the light of the world, you know, we think about a light and what it, we engage our imagination with a light and what a light means and what a light does, or being the bread of life or living water or these, you know, good shepherd. We, those names of God just engage our imagination and understanding and revealing who God is. God you know. sanctifies our mind and our imagination mm-hmm. for his, his purposes, for our greater understanding and relationship with him. Paul in Ephesians 5 calls it the, the washing uh, of the Word. That the Word of God is like a cleansing agent for our minds to renew our thoughts and our feelings and our images and all of our thinking patterns. Yeah, and when we read, when we read, we imagine what we're reading. I mean, you can't read a novel without imagining. You know, sometimes when movies are made about novels and I see the characters or the scenes, I'm like, oh, that's not what I imagined it. You know, it doesn't quite fit sometimes. And that's an example of how we, God's given us our imagination, how it's vivid and powerful. And so I love that Ignatius transferred his imagination of novels because he loved to read novels as a young man. When he was sick, he was injured in war. He was a wealthy young man, and he was in the 16th century in Spain, and he was injured in war. His leg was, I think, blown up by a, a cannonball. Bomb. Yeah, a cannonball. And so he was reading all these novels, and he read them all, and he ran out of them, and he wanted something more to read to engage his imagination, to escape the pain and the bed, and to continue his adventures in life that he'd been having. And somebody gave him all that was accessible that he hadn't read, and it was on the gospel stories. And so he, in the same way he read the novels with his imagination, he read these gospel stories with his imagination, and it, it changed him. Yeah, it changed his life. It healed his body and his, his mind and his soul, revived his spirits, and he went on to uh, devote his life wholly to the Lord Jesus Christ and become a monk and had many people that followed him in his life of devotion and service to, to Jesus. 
this was a big transformation. I mean, this he was transformed from a man of lust mm-hmm. to a man of hunger for God. And great love for God mm-hmm. and for people. Yeah. And so much of it was based on his method of imagining ourselves in a gospel story with Jesus. And that was how he trained people who were uh, newly coming to, to Christ and wanted to be disciples, wanted to be a part of his community. He would lead them in a series of gospel meditations, which uh, became the foundation of the spiritual exercises, which is a very famous program of spiritual formation and growth. And many people do retreats on this, which, which we did in our sabbatical. We did. And one of the things we did was read about Ignatius's life. That was such an encouragement to me because it helped me to take confidence to enter into Ignatian meditation because I was actually intimidated by it. I'd heard of it and read of it, but I was feeling kind of intimidated by it, like maybe it was for Catholics or monks or, you know, people that were um, different than me. I hadn't really, you know, being raised in a traditional evangelical tradition, this wasn't a part of my tradition. I was raised to do Bible study, not to do Ignatian meditation. And so it it felt kind of out there. I just wasn't sure about it. But as I learned and studied Ignatian's life, it was encouraging to me because I saw even the way that it formed him in humility. Here he was, this man really wanting a lot of power and using power, but not necessarily using it for good. And then God gave him this powerful tool in the Ignatian meditations that he was doing, which to him were just meditating on the gospel with his imagination and letting the Lord reveal and, and speak and interact and train and form and disciple him to Jesus, that became a very powerful, fruitful thing in his life. And then people started asking him to lead them and teach them how to do that. And it became very fruitful and powerful and transformative in their lives. And then that became a real power threat to the church in his day. And he was actually persecuted very badly for that and uh, inquisitioned and all these things. And he handled that with great humility and trust in the Lord, very different than he would have before he'd engaged with this practice. It's the power of God's word. We renew our mind in the scriptures and we open up our our heart, our, our needs, our feelings, our hurts, our sins, our stresses to the Lord and to his grace. God works in there and he, he washes, he renews, and he refurbishes and rehabilitates us to make us more like Jesus. And so it's a, a real uh, beautiful thing, the story of Ignatius and how he was transformed to be more, more like Jesus. And, and now all these centuries later, there are people like us that are using Ignatian meditation. It's the most widely practiced form of scripture meditation around the world. And I'm so glad it is because it's so helpful and powerful. Well, you really helped me to take courage to do this because, like I said, I I was intimidated to do it. I knew people that were doing it, and I knew they were doing it with uh, spiritual directors or programs that were leading them in it that felt kind of overwhelming to me because it took a commitment of an hour a day at a minimum or this extensive retreat of weeks And I kind of felt like I'm not sure I could do that. I'm not sure I have the discipline to do something of such high high cost in my life. How would I make space for it? And so the Lord used you, Bill, in one way because we went on a sabbatical, which was really a helpful context to venture into this. But also you made this very doable for me in the way that you studied Ignatius and the way he did this and then translated it for me to engage in. And we did it together. And that was such a helpful way to do it together 
because we could talk about it and process it. And I needed that particularly because it did stir up for me some unconscious things that were uncomfortable, um, to say the least, painful at times, but so important and helpful to me in my relationship with Christ and my growth in him. I think that's the way scripture meditation, uh, Bible study, and just, just reading the Bible is meant to be, is that we would process it with each other from, from the beginning of the uh, church in the time of Jesus and the apostles. The Bible was read out loud. People didn't have it in their hands normally, except maybe a scroll in the synagogue, that type of thing. And so people would share selections from the, the prophets or the Psalms, uh, and then in the early church from the life of Jesus, and they would they would listen, they would talk about it, and, and they would share how it was affecting their life. And so that's really meant to be built into our experience of the Bible, that it's not just a private thing, but it's a, a communal thing. It's a body of Christ thing. And so that was a real joy in our sabbatical that we got to do that together. And, and as you mentioned, yeah, it was fun for me before we went on the sabbatical to set it up for us and to, to study Ignatius, uh, his spiritual exercises, and to pull out the uh, 60 different meditations from the Gospels that he references in his manual for spiritual directors. And so we had those all set up, and each day we did uh, usually about two Gospel meditations uh, in a time of solitude and silence, and then we would come together and process together our experiences. And it was so enriching for us that we decided to give it away, like we've done with so many of our resources, and we, we put it on the Soul Shepherding website. And it was amazing how we did that. Then we started hearing from pastors wanting sabbatical coaching, which has become a new ministry in soul shepherding. And we put up uh, our Ignatian meditation guides, and many people started reading those and benefiting from those as well. And then we got feedback. Hey, you know, would you just take all these guides on your website and put, put them into like one PDF that's real easy for us to download? And, and so we had that graphically produced uh, really nice and put all the guides and there's all the scripture passages that Ignatius references and, and works with, but they're, they're put in order of the four weeks, which are the four movements in the spiritual life, where we begin with our, our call to discipleship and the, the birth and early life of Jesus and the, the journey of faith there, and then walking with Jesus through the, the, his, the, his life and miracles and teachings, and then, of course, uh, a major movement with uh, the passion of Christ as he's going to the cross, and that, that whole process of, of the forgiveness that Christ offers us, and then our journey of self-denial with Jesus, learning to live in the kingdom of God and in trials and difficulty. And then finally, the, the fourth week is the resurrection of Christ and the, the, the glory, the life of the Spirit, the, the presence and power of God in our life. And so we go through each of those movements through the, the gospel meditations. So now we have a, a, an easy to download, very handy PDF that has one page on each of these gospel meditations guiding you, uh, the, the reader, through the Ignatian process with the questions that you ask uh, in the passage and space to journal, uh, the, the, the prayers that Ignatius calls the colloquy. And we, we make it real, real simple, real engaging, where basically you're just going to this gospel story and imagining yourself in it and paying attention to the things that you sense, the things that you feel, and then responding to some questions and prayer prompts. One of the things our mentor, Dallas Willard, writes about and says that has been really helpful to me is him talking about, you know, whatever it is that you read in scripture, you should read that as if that 
that is available to you today as a disciple of Jesus. And Ignatian meditation helped me with that, helped me to get the understanding of that and enter in to scripture and what it's like to be a disciple and to really apply that to my life today and to enter into that spiritual reality today. And I appreciated that. We found this to be so powerful also because previous to doing Lexio Divina, which we're also going to be talking about this summer, or Ignatian Meditation, my experience with Bible study have very much just been in my head. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things why this was intimidating to me is because I knew that you should set aside at least an hour for each of these meditations. And that was like an hour of Bible study. Like, I've never spent an hour in Bible study just in my head. Like I have in a group where different people are talking or we're looking up things together or you know those kind of things. But just to think about an hour in solitude and silence with Jesus, studying one little passage of scripture like that, I felt I can't do it. Like I'll get distracted. I'll get antsy. I'll, you know, like mm-hmm. I, it just seemed intimidating to me and I didn't feel like I could do it. And so to engage with this and find out that not only could I do it very easily, but that an hour flew by. I mean, 45 minutes, an hour, we needed two hours. I mean, it just flew by because it was such a powerful, and I I wanted so much more time with the Lord processing what he was revealing to me. And so something that felt very undoable to me became surprisingly very easy and doable and very much a experience of God's power and grace with me and in my life. And that's one of the things I really like about Ignatian meditation too, is we start by asking for a grace from the Lord. So what a blessing for you. You're, you're saying that you learned that going into scripture can be so relational. that It's, mm-hmm. it's not just a, a thinking process or, or a learning thing, but it's actually an engagement, an interactive, ongoing relational experience with the spirit of Jesus. Yes. It's life-giving for you. And fueled by his grace, his power. It wasn't up to just my abilities. I was asking for his grace, and then I experienced it in engaging with me in this. It's the power of the gospel story and imagining yourself with Jesus, with the disciples, in, in the scenes there. It really does awaken our relational centers in our brain and our emotions and uh, can can really open up a pathway for the Lord and His grace to minister deeply to us. You know, for me, I, I spending time doing Bible study is like my language, and so it's a strong suit for me. And I I can do a Bible study and get lost for hours, and that's that's great for my my learning and um, many aspects of my discipleship to Jesus. But I also can get lost in that, like in a not a good way, like. Uh, lost in my head and far, far away from relationship and experience and what I'm feeling, what I need, and uh, my relationship with Jesus, which is what it's all about. And so this is the power of Ignatian meditation. And by doing this discipline so many times, it's helped me change the way I do my Bible study. So I don't just get as lost in my head, but I'm able to to picture the, the scene and to feel my emotions as I go along, uh, or at least to, after I've had a time of Bible study, to have a soul talk with you and to talk about what I'm learning and how I feel about what I'm learning, how the Spirit is touching in with my life and my struggles and stresses and hurts and sins and places where I need the mercy of the Lord. 
Well, that's so important. That's really one of the gifts of engaging in Ignatian meditation. And it's also what makes it such a great spiritual direction tool. So we teach this in our Soul Shepherding Spiritual Direction training because we want our spiritual directors to know how to use this with in, in spiritual direction as a tool, whether with a group or individuals. And that's one of the things. There's many different ways this can be used. It, it, there's 60 gospel meditations, so it can be used privately someone going through you know one a day for two months or like we did two a days for 30 days an intensive or one a week you know for a year with a group or you could do it alone with a spiritual director or like we did it in spiritual friendship but also with a spiritual director we had a conversation with a spiritual director too so in our next episode on soul talks let's talk about uh, my experience of doing that and how this really got at some of the unconscious things going on in my image of God and my relationship with God. I love that. That'll be a fun conversation. I want to hear hear more and empathize with your experience and learn from the Lord through your meditations. Jesus, thank you that you are always calling us into greater intimacy with you and understanding of you. And we pray for our listeners, Lord, that you would guide them in that as well. In Jesus' name, amen. We appreciate hearing from you. Please share your comments with us on Soul Shepherding's Facebook, YouTube, or website. You can also do this with your podcast player on the Soul Talks page. Most of all, we love to follow Jesus Christ with you. One way we can do this is through our Ignatian Meditation Guides resource, which features 60 one-page gospel meditations. We guide you and your friends step-by-step on how to imagine yourself with Jesus in a Bible passage and pray for the grace you need in your life today. You can download Ignatian Meditation Guides from the store on soulshepherding.org.